Shalom to all. Today's office is Pei Hey. We are starting Pei Dalai Lama Bez, 11 lines off from the bottom in the middle of the line. That's the seventh word from the beginning of the line or the seventh to last word counting from the end of the line, whichever way you want to do it. And we were in the middle of talking about Pikuach Nefesh being Daicha Shabbos. Am Rav Yosef, Am Rav Yehuda, Am Rav Shmuel. Loi holchu bebikuach nefesh achar roiv. They did not paskin Pikuach Nefesh cases on Shabbos with statistical majority that is roiv. Meaning, we don't follow the statistical majority when it comes to Shabbos. Let's say a building collapsed and roiv tells us that the person trapped under there is a non Jew. Since there is a possibility that it's a Jew, we're still going to Michal Shabbos to clear away the rubble and try to save him. But now we analyze what exactly is the Chiddush. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If you want to say that there was nine Jews sitting in this courtyard and there was one non-Jew, a Kusi over here means a non-Jew, a guy, he was sitting among them and then the building collapsed and there's only one person trapped under it and we don't know who it is. So why is it a Chiddush to say that we're going to Michal Shabbos in this case? Ruby Yisrael Nenhu, the majority of people here were Jews anyway. And Inami Palgu Palgu, even if you want to say it was 50-50, there was five Jews and five non-Jews, Suffolk Nefashas Lahakel. Anyway, it's Suffolk Nefashas. It's Suffolk. We're dealing with someone's life over here. So anyway, we're going to be Mekel on Shabbos. So what's the Chiddush? So the Gemara suggests, okay, there was nine Gaim and one Jew. And that's the Chiddush that even though 90% chance tells us that there's a non-Jew trapped under there, still, since we have a 10% chance there's a Jew, so we're going to go, we Mechal Shabbos for him. The Gemara says, Hanami Pshita, that's also obvious we're going to be Mechal Shabbos. The Havale Kavua, he's considered stationary. Anytime we're dealing with something, and it's a suffix, but it's considered Kavua, there's something that was stationary, nothing was moving around, we say that it's considered like it's 50-50. So there's still a 50% chance that it's a Jew that's under there. So Gemara says, okay, here's the Chiddush. The whole Chiddush is, is that someone had gotten up, moved to a different Chatzar, and then a building collapsed on him over there. And we don't know who it was that went there. And here's the Chiddush. You might have thought, call the Parsh Muba Parsh, that we say that anything which separates from something which is stationary, we say it's separated from the majority. So since the majority over here was non-Jews, it must be that a non-Jew went to the other Chatzar, and then the building collapsed on him over there. And therefore, we're not going to Shabbos to clear away the rubble. And the Chiddush is, we're not going to follow Rav, we're not going to follow statistical majority here, we're not going to follow Rav, and we're going to say it's possible that it was that Jew, and therefore we're going to be Mechal Shabbos. Ask the Gemara, is that so? We have nine Gaim and one Jew, and then a building collapsed on them, and one person is trapped under it, and we don't know who it is. So, if they're in that Chatzar, which they live in, and we know they were there, so then we're going to clear away the rubble to try to find this one person that's trapped under it, even though 90% chance tells us it's a non Jew. But if the building had collapsed in a different chutzar, which is not their chutzar, and mefakhin, so then we're not going to clear away the rubble. So we see that if it's chutzar chertz, if it's parish, so then we're not going to say that ain't halchanach arrive, and we actually will follow statistical majority. The Gemara answers like Kasha, there's no stira. Had parish kulu, had parish muktasayu. In the previous case, everyone had gotten up and moved to the next chutzar, so even though it's considered parish, that they're moving around and they're not considered stationary, still, since everyone had gone and we know that there was a Jew in that other chutzar at some point in time, so that's when we say, bikuach nefesh, we do not follow the Rav. However, in this case that we had just mentioned, we're saying only one or two people got up and left, and then we're going to say that we do follow Rav, and since the majority of chances are is that it was a non-Jew there, we're not going to be Shabbos in that case. Ask the Gemara, really say that, but tonight we have a Mishnah. Let's say people are walking through a city, and they find an abandoned child over there. In Rav Kusim, if the majority of the city is non-Jews, Kusis, then we assume this child is a non-Jew. In Rav Yisrael, if the majority of the city is Jews, Yisrael, then we treat this child like a Jew. If it's 50-50, Yisrael, then we treat this child like a Jew. And Amarav, this whole thing is only relevant, whether or not we have a chiv to give him food, do we have to keep him alive? Or if he's a non-Jew, we don't have to keep him alive. When we have to do with yichas, are we going to allow this child, let's say it's a girl, are we going to allow her to marry a kohen? Anyway, we don't consider her a Jew, even if we say the majority is Jews. And he tells us, the relevance is, are we going to be mechal Shabbos in order to clear away some rubble to save this person? So we see from here that Shmuel holds that by pikuach nefesh, 
Shmuel said very clearly that if Rav is non-Jews and we treat this person like a non-Jew, we don't have to say that perhaps they're a Jew. The Gemara says no. Ki itmar de Shmuel, Aresha itmar. Shmuel is saying that on the Resha that we had said im Rav kusi im kusi. If the majority of this town is non-Jews, then we say that this child is a non-Jew. And Amr Shmuel he says on that Resha ulin pikuach nefesh einakain. However, when we're dealing with pikuach nefesh, we do not follow Rav, and even though the majority of the city is kusim, they're non-Jews. Nonetheless, by pikuach nefesh, we still are going to be mechal Shabbos. Now the Gemara has in shitas Shmuel im Rav kusi im kusi lemai hulchsa. We said if the majority of the city is non-Jews, then we treat this child who is found like a non-Jew. So what relevance does it have halachically? According to Shmuel, we're even mechal Shabbos in a case where the majority of the city is non-Jews. So for sure, when we find this little baby, even though we assume that he's a non-Jew, we're still going to have to give him food and make sure he stays alive. Amar of Papa, he answers, the whole relevance is, are we allowed to give this child non-kosher food? Once we say that the majority of the city is non-Jews, we still have to keep him alive, but we are allowed to give him not kosher. And we continue asking him, if the majority of the city is Jews, so we treat this child like a Jew, what relevance does it have halachically? Because even if it's 50-50, we still have to treat him like a Jew. So what does it make a difference if the majority of the city is Jews? So the more answer is, do we have to return him his lost object once his child grows up and he becomes an adult and he loses something if he's a non-Jew so then we would not have to return him his object but if the majority of the city is Jews so then we say he's a Jew and we'd have to give him back his lost object we continue asking what relevance halakhali does it have when the city is 50% Jews 50% non-Jews we say that this child has to be treated like a Jew what relevance does it have halakhali she answers when it comes to damages now we need a little bit of a background a short time is one that gored no more than two times and the owner only needs to pay half of the damages caused for the damage whereas a muad is one that already gored more than that and the owner needs to pay Nezek Shalim the full amount. Now this is only if both parties are Jewish. However, if a Jew's ox gores that of a guy, he does not need to pay at all. But if a guy's ox gores a Jew's, then he needs to pay Nezek Shalim. So now the Gemara analyzes. Hey Chidami, what's the case over here where it's relevant that he was found in a city that's 50-50 but we still treat him like a Jew? Enim, if you want to say that our ox gored his ox, Naisi Raya Vinishkal, he has to bring a proof that he is a Jew and only then he's able to get payment. That's because we say, when a person has money in his hand and you want to take it from him, you're the one that has to bring the raya that you deserve that money. So we say, it's a case where his ox gored our ox. He has to pay for half because he's considered like a Jew, so he definitely has to pay and the other half that the Jew wants to take out of this person. So name a lay, he can tell him, meaning the Jew who was found, whom we're saying is 50% chance he's a Jew, he can tell the one who was gored, meaning the full-fledged Jew, I see right, you have to bring a proof that I am not Jewish, and then you could take the other half of your payment. As we had said, a non-Jew has to pay Nezek Shalim no matter what his ox is. So if you, Jew, are want to say that me, Mr. Baby that was found when I was a little kid, I'm really not Jewish, so you have to bring the proof because you're trying to take money from me. And that's why it's relevant that we say if it's 50-50, we treat him like a Jew, he only has to pay Chetzi Nezek, he does not have to pay Nezek Shalim unless someone can prove that he's not a Jew. And the Mishnah said, if a building collapsed on someone, we are still going to clear away the rubble. And the Mishnah had told us, even if it's a suffix if he's there, or it's a suffix even if he's alive, or if it's a suffix even if he's a Jew, nonetheless we're still going to clear away the rubble. And now the Gemara asks, Micah Amar, what exactly is the Mishnah saying by emphasizing it's a suffix? We don't know if he's a Jew, we don't know if he's there, we don't know if he's alive. The Gemara says, It's a Lamibaya. Lamibaya is suffix, Husham, suffix, Enisham. For sure, if it's a suffix, whether or not he's there, the Im say that if he is there, Chai, who will still say that he's for sure alive, the of course we're going to clear away the rubble. 
The Kiddush is, even if we don't know if he's alive, nonetheless, we're still going to clear away the rubble. And even if it's a suffix, whether or not he's going to be alive. The Yisrael, at least he's a Jew, so we're going to do our best. Even if it's a suffix, whether or not he's a Jew, nonetheless, we're still going to clear away the rubble on Shabbos. The If they find that he's alive, we're going to clear away the rubble. The Gemara asks, Isn't that obvious? If they find that he's alive, of course we're going to continue clearing away the rubble so that we can extricate him from it. The He's only going to live for a little bit longer. He's most definitely going to die. And you clearing him out of the rubble is going to prolong his life for just a little bit. Nonetheless, we're still going to be Mechal Shabbos for him. And the Meshnat said, If we're clearing away the rubble and we find that the person is dead, so then we're going to leave him and we're not going to continue clearing away the rubble. The Gemara asks, Honami Pshita, isn't that obvious? Why should you continue clearing it away? He's already dead. The Gemara answers, We're not going to save a corpse from a fire. A person died and he's in a house and that house started to burn on fire. We're not going to save him and take him to a different place. And Amram Yehudim Malakash, he says, I heard that on Shabbos we are allowed to remove this corpse to prevent him from getting burned by fire. And is only saying that since a person, he's in such a confusion about this person that had died, if you don't allow him to move the mace, he's going to end up extinguishing the fire. But in this case, where the rubble collapsed on the person and they found the person was dead, if you don't allow him to clear away the rubble to extricate the person who's dead already, my what is he able to do? What type of isra is he going to be over, which is worse than clearing away the rubble, similar to the case of the fire? That's why even Rabbi Yehudim and Lakish would say that once they cleared away enough rubble and they saw that he's not alive, you're not allowed to continue clearing away. Anton Rabban, we have a brass, so at where do they have to check to see whether or not this person is alive? So Tanakama says, until his nose, meaning you see if there's any breath, if there's any air coming out of his nose, you could put a feather there to see if he's alive. Some say up until his heart, which some argue it's not really his heart, it really means his navel, halfway up until his body. And if one of these two places were checked and it turns out the person has no pulse, they're not alive, they don't have a heartbeat, so then we stop clearing away. Let's say they're clearing away the rubble and the people in the upper part of this collapsed building were found to be dead. Don't say, the people that are underneath them for sure have already died. And there was a story, the upper people were found dead, but the ones all the way underneath the rubble, they were actually found to be alive. So even though some people are dead, you don't stop clearing away because there could be some people that are buried even deeper that are alive. And now the Gemara suggests, let's say these Tanaim that argue about where you're supposed to check the nose or the heart, they're like the following Tanaim. From where is a child formed? May Raisha, he's formed starting from his head. Shinemar says the Pasuk, May imi ata from my mother's womb, did you pull me out? But I mean, another Pasuk says, pull your hair and throw it away. So we see this word, Gazi or Gazi has to do with hair. So the way we would read the Pasuk is, you created me in my mother's stomach from my head or from my hair, meaning from the head. Abishalaimer, he says, a person starts being created from their navel, from their belly button. And then all the different roots are sent into different parts, and then that's where the body is formed from. So it's possible they argue about the same thing. The Tanakhama says you should check a person's head, meaning check his nose, to see whether or not he's breathing, if he has a pulse, and if not, then he's considered dead. Whereas according to Abishal, we would check his lave or we check his navel, and only then we'd be able to determine whether or not he's dead. My answer is no, I feel the Abishol. This could even be like Abishol. Ad kan the Amr Abishol Hasam El Eni Nitzira. Abishol is only saying that when it comes to forming of the child, the Chol Midi Mimtzi Ase Mitzar, because every single thing is formed from its center. It starts from its center and then expands outwards. Avol Eni Pikuach Nefesh. When it comes to Pikuach Nefesh, I feel Abishol mighty. Even he would agree. The Iker Chiyus of Abihu that the essence of a person's life comes from his nose. The Chesivit says in the pasuk, Kol Hasher Nishmas Ruach Chaim Ba'apov. Anyone that has Ruach Chaim in his nose, in his nostril. And Amar Papa he says.
says, Machlekes Matilmalo. The whole Machlekes is, is if they started clearing away rubble, they found the person's feet, and they started checking from his toes to his feet and then his thighs, and then the rescuers reached the heart. Do they continue on to the nose if they didn't find any life from the heart? However, when we're dealing with from top to bottom, if they cleared away the rubble and they found the person's face and then they saw his nose and they saw there was no life coming from it, since they already checked the nose, they didn't have to continue clearing away rubble to see if they're going to find the pulse coming from the heart. It says in the Pasuk, So we see the essence of a person's life comes from their nose. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Lezabon, Azariah, Mahalcham, Medarach. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Lezabon, Azariah were already going along the way. Velevi Hasrad, Rabbi Shmuel, Benoish, Rabbi Lezabon, Azariah, Mahalchan, Achrim, they were going after them. Nishla She'el, Zub, Bifneim, the following question was asked in front of them. Minayin, Lepikuach, Nefesh, Adach, Zashabas, how do we know that Pikuach, Nefesh, Adach, Zashabas? So Nana, Rabbi Shmuel, Va'amar. Rabbi Shmuel, he spoke up and he said, It says in the Pasuk, Im Machter, Simatai Ganev, if the Ganev is found tunneling in, this is a sugya if a person wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees a thief tunneling into his house. So we know that that person, the homeowner of the house, is allowed to kill the Ganev. And what do we learn from here? Just like this person. We don't know if this Ganev is coming to kill the person in the house or if he's just coming to steal his money. And also, bloodshed is metamed the land. And it caused the Shekhinah to leave Israel. Nonetheless, this person is allowed to save himself with killing the person who's tunneling in. Meaning bloodshed, which is so severe, it's overridden to save another life. For sure, Shabbos is overridden to save a life. And now, Rabbi Kiva Amar, Rabbi Kiva spoke up and he said, it says in the passage, if a person connivingly, he acts intentionally to kill his friend, from next to my Mizbech, he shall be taken to die. This is talking about a kind who's suspected of killing someone. If he's next to the Mizbech, he's about to do Avoida, we're going to take him away from the Mizbech and we're not going to let him do Avoida. What do we learn from here? It's only if he's next to the Mizbech and he's about to do Avoida. However, if he's on top of the Mizbech, we're not going to stop him from doing Avoida. We're going to let him continue and then we're going to deal with this serious charge against him. And this is only talking about if we want to kill this Kaihain because we suspect him of killing someone. In order to keep someone alive, even on top of my Mizbech, meaning if there's a Kaihain and he knows testimony that can save someone else's life, even if he's in the middle of a Vaida, he's on top of the Mizbech, we're going to pull him off of the Mizbech in order to help him save someone's life. And over here to Suffolk, we don't know whether or not the Bezin is going to listen to this Kaihain's testimony. We know that Avaida continues on Shabbos. Because we stopped this Kayan from doing Avaida, which is Daicha Shabbos, so for sure we're going to be Daicha Shabbos itself in order to save a life. And then a Rebbe Lazar spoke up and said, just like It's one of 248 limbs in a person. For sure, in order to save a person's entire body, we're going to be Daicha Shabbos. Now Rebbe Yudaimer, he said, it says in the Pasuk, you shall guard my Shabbat You might think that means you have to guard Shabbos at any price, no matter what, even if that means someone's going to lose their life. Tamalim is why the Pasuk says, Ach, it says, This qualifies, it says, if a person's going to lose their life, so then we're going to be Daicha Shabbos and we're not going to continue keeping Shabbos. Now, he tells us, it says in the Pasuk, because it is Kaddish for you. It's given over to you. You are not giving over into its hands, meaning you're not giving over to Shabbos that you are subservient, you have to keep Shabbos no matter what. It's given over to you. You keep Shabbos as long as a person is not going to die because of it. Rabbi Shem ben he tells us, it says in the Pasuk, Vishamru v'nei Yisrael Shabbos, and we have to continue the Pasuk, meaning a person should keep Shabbos in order to be able to continue keeping Shabbos. Amr Taira, the Torah tells us, Chalel al Shabbos Achas, we should mechal one Shabbos for a person to keep him alive, so that he can keep many subsequent Shabbos. 
Shmuelis. And Amrav Yehuda Amr Shmuel, if I was there, I would say that my suggestion is better than their suggestions. It says in the Pasuk, and you shall live by them, not that you should die because of the mitzvahs, and that's the reason why we're going to be Mechal Shabbos in order to save a person's life. And Amrav, he tells us, all these suggestions of why we're going to be Mechal Shabbos in order to save a life, they all have a question that can show that it's not really so convincing. Except for what Shmuel said, and there's no question on that. To Rabbi Shmuel, what Rabbi Shmuel had said about the Ganev tunneling in, that's not so convincing. Why not? Perhaps it's like Rava. He tells us, my time at the why is it that when a person is tunneling into your house and you see him tunneling in, you're allowed to kill him? Because Chazaka ain't other Mamed Atzma We have a Chazaka, a person's not going to stand by and allow someone to steal his money. So for sure, you're going to stand up to prevent someone from stealing your money. Vahai, and this Ganev made the Yada to Kailaape. He knows that it's very possible he's going to end up encountering the homeowner. So the Ganev tells himself, if I encounter the homeowner, I'm going to have to kill him because he's not going to let me take his money if I don't kill him. So Vatayra Amar, the Tyra says, if someone comes to kill you, you get up and you kill him first. So therefore, we know over here, this is actually considered a Vadai. If you see someone tunneling into your house, it's Bivadai he's come to kill you because how else is he going to get your money? Therefore, you're allowed to kill him. So Vashkan Vadai, we found the case of Vadai, we see that life supersedes the mitzvahs. Suffolk Manon. But what about a case of Suffolk? It's Suffolk in Fashas on Shabbos. Who says we're going to be Machal Shabbos? So we have no Raya from that case. And Rabbi Kivinami, Rabbi Kiva's Raya also, which was taking the Kayan off the top of the Mizbeach in order to give testimony to save someone's life, then like that Maybe it's like a Bayad. Amr Abayi, he says, We first send a pair of rabbis, to see whether or not this Kayan actually has real testimony to give over. And if they determine that his testimony is not going to help at all, so we're not going to stop him in the middle of Avaida. So again, here's another case of Ashkhan Vadai. We've just found the case of Vadai, Pikuach Nefesh, is going to be Daicha. However, Safik Menolan, how do we know a case of Safik? And Vikulu Ashkhan Vadai, Safik Menolan. All these cases that we had brought previously, all these Rayas, they're all cases of Vadai, but not necessarily a case of Safik. For example, Bris Mila is only Daicha Shabbos if today is definitely the eighth day, not if it's a Safik. And the word Ach, which Rabbi Yesi Rabbi Yehuda used, that could be applied to a definite situation and not to one of Safik. And the same with all of the Limudim. Perhaps they're only referring to a case that a life will definitely be saved, but not necessarily to a case of Safik. And with the Shmuel, his Pasuk, Vadai Lasei Pircha, it definitely has no questions on it. Shmuel's Pasuk is, Asher Yasa Oisam Ha'adam Vachaibahem, a person does them and he shall live by them. This is talking about the mitzvahs. Rashi explains that the mitzvahs are to be performed and one will live because of them, and not that mitzvah observance should lead one to potentially dying. Therefore, one isn't obligated to keep Shabbos in a way that might lead to a loss of life. Hence, the only indisputable source that one may be Machal Shabbos for Pikuach Nefesh, even though it's a Suffolk. And Amr Avinu Vitemar Nachmar Yitzchak, Tava Chada Pilpalta Charifta, it's better to have one hot pepper, meaning a seed of a hot pepper, Mimalat Sana Dikari, from a whole basket full of gourd, meaning Shmuel, who's an Amaira, came along and said something sharper than all these other Tanoim. And now the Mishnah opens the discussion how a person can receive atonement, he can receive Kapara for the Averas that he did. The Mishnah tells us, Chatas Vasham Vadai. If a person brings a Karban Chatas or an Asham Vadai, there's five different types of Ashamas, Mechaprin, that's Mechaprin for the Averas that he was bringing it for. Mis of Yemikapurim, if a person either dies or he goes through Yom Kippur, that's Mechaprim Imat Chuva, that's Mechaprin along with doing Chuva for the Avera. Chuva Mechaprin's Averas Kalais, Alaseva Loisase, doing Chuva, that atones for lighter Averas, for an and for Loisase, but Val Chamurai, so when we're dealing with a Chamur Avera, that's something a person's going to be Chayv Misa or Karis for, then Chuva Taila, his Chuva is going to hang in balance, it's going to keep him in a place that he's not going to get punished, Ad Shiyav Yom Kippur Mechaprin, until Yom Kippur comes along and completely atones for his Averas. Ha'aymer Echtav Ashav, Echtav Ashav, if a person says, you know what, I'm going to sin, and then I'll do Chuva, I'll sin again, I'll do Chuva. Ain must speak in Bialilas's Chuva. It's not going to be granted him. He's not going to have the ability to do Chuva. If a person says, Echtav Yom Kippur Mechaper, I'm going to sin, and then Yom Kippur is going to be Mechaper. Ain Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur is not Mechaper for him. Aver Shemin Adam Makaim. If a person has an Aver 
it's between him and Hashem. Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur is Mechaper for that. But Aver should be an Adam Mechaveroi, and Aver that's between him and his fellow, and Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur is not Mechaper for that. Ashi Yerzes Chaveroi until he appeases his friend. And as Zu Darsh Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah, Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah Darshin this from a pasuk. It says in the pasuk, Mikochat Eisechem Mufnei Hashem Titaharu from all of your sins that are in front of Hashem, you shall be purified. And the drasha is all of your sins which are only in front of Hashem, meaning it's only between you and Hashem. Then you're going to be purified from those sins. Averes Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur Mechaper. Averes are between you and Hashem. Then Yom Kippur is Mechaper for that. But Averes Yom Adam Mechaveri. If it's between you and your fellow, and Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur is not Mechaper for them. Ashir says Chaveri until you appease your friend. Amr Avakiva he says Ashreichem Yisrael, praiseworthy are Yisrael. Lifnei Miatem Etarim. Before whom are you purifying yourselves? Umi Etar Eschem. And who's purifying you? Avicham Shabbat Shemayim. Your Father in Heaven. Shemar says in the pasuk V'zerakti Aleichem Maim Tarim V'Tahartem. And I shall sprinkle on you Maim Tarim, and you shall be pure. The Amr in the pasuk says Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is the mikvah of Yisrael. Ma mikvah matar satmeim, just like a mikvah that makes people are tamei tahar. Avakash baruch matar Yisrael. So to Hashem is matar yidin. And the Gemara has a question on the first part of the Mishnah that had said if a person brings an asham vaday, so then he's going to receive kapara. So analyzes the Gemara asham vaday in asham taluloi. That seems to be that if a person brings an asham vaday, then he receives kapara for zavera. But if he brings an asham talu, he's not going to receive kapara. Now an asham talu is an asham that's brought. If he's not so sure if he didn't avera that he'd be chayav karis for, it's called an asham talu. But how could we say he's not going to receive kapara? It says kapara about an asham talui in the pasuk. So the Gemara answers these karbanos, meaning a chatas and asham vaday, they bring full kapara. But asham talui and mechaper kapara gemura, asham talui is not going to bring him a full kapara. It's only going to bring him enough of a kapara that he's not going to get punished for his avera. However, he still has to continue doing tshuva if it turns out that he actually did this avera. And inami, another explanation of this is hanuch. These other karbanos, a chatas and asham vaday, ein achim mechaper kaparason. There is nothing else that can bring about the atonement besides for bringing this karban. However, Asham Taloi, Acham Chaper Kaparason, in Asham Taloi, if a person has to bring this carbon, there is something else that could bring about the Kapara. Then we have a Mishnah. If a person has to bring a Chatas or an Asham Vadai, and now Yom Kapuram passed and he still hasn't brought his carbon. He still has to bring the carbon. But Asham is Tuluin, if a person has to bring an Asham Taloi and then he went through Yom Kippur, Peturin, he does not have to bring the carbon anymore because Yom Kippur was Machaper instead of the Asham Taloi. And we had said in the Mishnah, Misa, Yom Kippur, Machaper, Im Hachuva, the Misa, and Yom Kippur is Machaper only if the person also did Shuva. The Gemara analyzes Imachuva in Bifnat Meloi. That implies that that's only if a person also did Shuva. However, Yom Kippur itself is not going to be Machaper if he didn't do Shuva. And name it like Rebbe. Let's say that's not like Rebbe. The Tanya Ever Brai. So Rebbe Emir he tells us Akol Averes Shabbatayra Bein Asa Shuva Bein Loy Asa Shuva Yom Kippur Machaper. Yom Kippur is Machaper for all Averes in the Torah, whether or not he did Shuva. Chutzmi Parik Oil, except if someone throws off the yoke of heaven, meaning he denies the existence of Hashem, Umagal upon a Batayra, or he ridicules Psukim in the Torah, Umayfer Bris Basar, or one that violates the bris of flesh, meaning a bris mila, and there's a discussion in the Farsham what that means. Sheimah Satshuva, if he did Shuva on that, Yom Kippur Machaper, then Yom Kippur is Machaper. Vimlaya Satshuva, if he didn't do Shuva, and Yom Kippur Machaper, Yom Kippur is not Machaper. But we see from here the Rebbe holds that even if a person does not do Shuva, just going through Yom Kippur itself is going to be Machaper for all Zavirs, and that does not seem like our Mishnah is saying that. So the Gemara answer is no, Afilutema Rebbe. Our Mishnah could even be like Rebbe. Our Mishnah could be saying, Shuva by Yom Kippur. That if a person does Shuva, he still needs to wait for Yom Kippur to come along in order to receive his full Kapara by Yom Kippur, like by Shuva. Once Yom Kippur comes, a person is going to receive full kapara even if he does not do tshuva. And therefore, our Mishnah could even be like Rebbe. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with continuing to discuss tshuva. Everyone should have a wonderful day.